Hello! That's not going to be our intro. <laughs> no, but... it absolutely is. Hello and welcome to the classroom. <laughs> All right, hello. Um, you get to embarrass yourself this week. Yeah. That's, that's fine. <laughs> um, all right. So today, of course, we are talking about Percy Jackson, the series. Uh, first, starting off with uh, the first book, The Lightning Thief. Uh, this is my first read through. I think we've kind of talked about this. Uh, Haley has read them this before. This is my emotional support series. As a young dyslexic child, this was it. <laughs> Um, so, of course, I think we'll go ahead and keep to the usual theme, unless, actually, um, I want to start off with, Brett, what were your opinions? Okay. Um, I liked the series. I actually, okay. like, genuinely enjoyed it. Uh, and I, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that. It was, the, the writing is a little bit lower, I think, than Harry Potter was. Uh, so I wasn't expecting it as much. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. But as I got through it, like, there are some actually compelling characters in this so far. And I think that the it's easy to get sort of swept up in the uh, story. I think that having a sort of preset sort of like thing that you're getting into, like, oh, it's Greek mythos. I know of the, some of these things. It helps you sort of go like get a step ahead of the characters and go, oh, I know what's happening in uh, like opposed to in Harry Potter where you're like, okay, kids are getting frozen. Uh... Okay. Oh, it's a basilisk. Okay, I kind of know about like it's it's a lot more like it's a lot more set and a lot more firm in this because you can expect what's going to happen and make your own assumptions. Whereas right. Harry Potter is all off the seat of your pants because magic doesn't really mean much. It could be a lot of things. Right, and then, of course we're gonna hit a lot more onto the style of Rick Warden as we're kicking off the the series um, that is very near and dear to me, of course. But. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we'll get into it. I think I'm going to dive deeper into some of your opinions as we keep going, too, because... Uh. <laughs> and you're right. And I think, obviously, in a book that prophecy drives the entire plot line, mm -hmm. um, very different from how prophecy drives Harry Potter. Yes. Uh, Rick Riordan using mythology, obviously, to kind of backbase his stories mm -hmm. is so... It's I find it personally super interesting. It's, it's good. I, I like when you have a preset thing. Like I said, you can jump in easy. It also since you don't have the same issue that Harry Potter did with you need to build up your world so people have a sort of baseline, he's able to focus on characters, which, like we said, we're going to talk about more, but I, the characters are a lot more compelling than Harry Potter. Percy is, is – first book Percy is better than, like, fifth book Harry, I right. think, like, in terms of development. Well, and I think that has to do with the first-person narration, too. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll keep to theme – or to style, rather – and we will just go kind of chapter by chapter, yeah, sure. roughly. Um, and I guess I'll go ahead and kick off. Of course, we uh, start off with the, the chapter titles are so fun. And they're, they're very fun. That's, that's Harry Potter's are very, like, cut and dry. There's Percy Jackson's are, like, clickbaity YouTube titles. Yeah. There's also a lot more humor in this series, which I, I appreciated. It, made, it makes a read-through. <laughs> quick. Yeah, quick, better, and also, like, less, like, uh, okay, gotta read this bit where he puts an egg in water. Okay. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of like Harry Potter bashing as we go through this <laughs> unintentionally, but we'll do it. So, of course, we go ahead and kick off with I accidentally vaporized my pre algebra teacher, where we see basically we were dropped into Harry's world as this kind of troubled kid just going on a field trip in the sixth grade to a, mu a museum. A museum. <laughs> Try that word again. Um, and basically, he is just wandering around with his best friend, Grover, uh, who is just, you know, he's just vibing, you know. And we, we see as they are at lunch, the usual schoolyard bully keeps picking on Grover, and Percy just snaps. 
and bathes her in the in the fountain quite literally just the water comes out of the fountain brings her into the fountain and then uh his pre-algebra teacher miss dobbs is like yo boy come on (laughs) um and then he she tries to kill him but it's okay because percy beats her to it i guess and kills mrs dobbs um and then of course at the end he's like hey so uh where's miss dobbs and both grover and chiron or mr brunner are like who was that? You stupid boy. There's that's, never been one. That's nobody. You're gaslighting. What's gaslighting? <laughs> and that brings us, of course, on the doorsteps of three old ladies knit the socks of death. Uh, so in this, uh, he got, I, I believe, um, Percy got expelled uh, from his, from Yancey. Uh, and he's kind of, he's kind of bummed about that, but he also accepts it. He's like, yeah, I've been kicked out of every other school I've attended. So he's trying, he's going home. Uh, finds out that Grover booked the bus back with them, and just so happens. Uh, he's like, oh, cool. And then uh, he talks a little bit about Grover, sort of like puts him in the corner. He's like, hey, overheard a conversation with you, uh, you and Brenner. Can you uh, tell me what that's about? And he's like, uh, oh, don't look now. There's a monster on the bus. And then, uh, oh, sorry, as they're getting off the bus, he sees the fates, and they're knitting a sock. And he's like, okay, you're dead now. Uh, try not to die. Uh, wait for me. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, Percy leaves. His mom uh, takes. His mom meets with him. We meet Smelly Gabe, the uh, the abusive stepfather. Um, then they leave for a vacation, mm-hmm. I believe. Or am I going too far? You're in the next chapter, but keep going. Okay. You're on a roll. Go for it. Uh, they they're like, hey, I'm gonna take you to uh, the place where I met your dad and most likely conceived you, which <laughs> is a little bit weird, but it's fine. Um, and then uh, they're like, okay, everything's gonna be. Uh, good we're all gonna be ha- happy and fine don't worry everything's gonna be okay did you tell me everything percy and he's like no uh or he's like yes and then grover shows up and it's like hey there's a monster chasing me right now i need you to i need you to tell her the truth and he's like okay and then he's also like oh also grover's a grover's a satyr he, he got goat legs he got goat legs <laughs> Um, Which also, I just, four. I love group, uh, Grover's, like, anxious bleeding. <laughs> it's just so, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay. Um, of course, uh, Mother teaches me bullfighting, and we are kind of dropped onto the, to the find your way to Camp Half-Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned that Percy's mom, even though she can see the, see the, the creatures and see the camp, she cannot enter it because she's, in fact, mortal. And there's this, like, real magical bar- barrier that just kind of keeps her from it. Um, which, of course, ends in um, her his mom getting vaporized, basically. Mm. Uh, they're, they're fighting a minotaur who is just, like, out to get him. And, yeah. Uh, then Percy beats the thing somehow. And we are... He's got magical ADHD. It works. He does. He has magical ADHD, which fixes his whole life. Um, and they walk, so of course he, he, Percy just absolutely breaks down. He's holding on to Grover as he walks into camp and he just collapses on the porch of the, of the big house. And we see the man who looks strangely like his high school teacher or his middle school teacher and this girl called Annabeth and he just passes the heck out, mm-hmm. um, which puts us of course in the play. Um, I play Pinnacle with a yeah. horse. So. Uh, Pinnacle. Pinnacle. There you go. Yes. Thank you. Um, so he, he wakes up, and he's like, oh, what's this? Buttered popcorn soup. Oh, or no, what's uh, – he's like, he's like waking in and out, and he's like, what's this? Buttered popcorn pudding. That's weird. 
oh, what's this? Uh, liquid chocolate chip cookies. That's weird. Uh, and he's like, ah, but I probably dreamed everything since I've been unconscious for a little bit. And Grope is like, hey, I'm still a goat. And he's like, uh, okay, this is an unconscious. I, I, this is all the truth. Uh, so he's he's trying to figure everything out, uh, come to terms with uh, all that all that's sort of been happening with him recently. He gets a little bit like put on to what's happening, but not quite yet. Um, he he meets uh, Mr. D, which he finds out is Dionysus. Uh, he meets uh, he, he they're sort of just talking, learning about the all the Greek myths are real, and then he finds out his teacher. Uh, Mr. Brenner is uh, actually named Chiron, uh, and he he uh, he a centaur. He a horseman. Yeah, he he a horseman. He a horseman. Um, which of course drops us on this uh, um, into uh, I become the Supreme Lord of the bathroom, in which we see that Percy kind of starts learning about camp itself. Uh, he's a little bit of shock because surprise, teacher horseman. Mm. Um, and we get to meet some of the other campers, and we get a little bit of history about Camp Half Blood. Um, also, we learned that Grover's 28, but in sixth grade, but like satyrs don't age the same way humans do. Yeah, so he's like mentally feel? 14. How'd you feel about that? I thought it was fine just because th- that's kind of a common fantasy thing. Like elves are like, oh, we don't reach adulthood until we're like 160. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. I was. It was a little weird, but like, jarring, I, but... Uh, it's not like they were trying to set him up with anybody. It's just right. like he was pat. He was like an undercover agent, so I did, I thought it was fine. Okay, some people get very freaked about that. And we learn, of course, that camp has this this capture the flag hard tournament coming up. They do it every Friday, um, and we learn that all the cabins are themed to the godly parents. Um, you have it's the twelve Olympians, with one of the last ones being Hermes' cabin. Obviously, Hermes is the god of, of hospitality. So any unclaimed cat, uh, like campers, get shoved into the Hermes cabin. So it is packed. It is busy. Um, we get introduced to Luke, who totally is super nice. Great, great, great guy. Um, Maybe a little fascist. <laughs> a little, little fascist. Um, we also immediately get introduced to Clarice, who is the daughter of Ares, who's a bit, bit of a meanie, uh, to say the least. Um, and yeah, I think that's oh oh, and then Clarice decides to start bullying Percy, uh, in which Percy bathes Poor her in bath sir. bathroom. Um, also, we learn, of course, that all this is kind of where we get introduced to the fact that all of these kids are you know demigods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the scene where Annabeth is just like, "Who's your Who's your parent?" And he was like, "Sally Jackson. She is my <laughs> mom. I love her so much. I miss her. I will find her. Uh, my dad's dead, though." Annabeth's like, <laughs> "No, uh-huh. he's immortal, actually." Nah. Um, and it's just a very sweet scene that Percy's immediate like, "My mom. I love her." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And that's, I think, yeah, bathes Clarice in bathroom, and then the dinner goes, my dinner goes up in smoke. Uh, so in this chapter, uh, he's talking with Annabeth, who also got kind of like pseudo splashed with toilet water. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, hey, uh, that was weird. And there's like, <laughs> there's only one god that does the I, water stuff. I so wonder I, who. You got to talk to the oracle. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then he, we get a little bit more on like the demigods, also called half-blood sort of stuff. Um. And then uh, later they're sort of meeting up and uh, sort of getting uh, – Luke takes them around for the ropes. And he's like, hey, da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, now it's time for uh, food. So they go to they go to the dining hall. They get magical cups like in Harry Potter that can get filled up with whatever. Uh, they eat the food that they like, which is cool. 
and then they have to sacrifice a, a part of their food in a large sacrificial fire and, be, <laughs> and say the name of the god that they want to do it to. Right, and I think Percy sacrifices his to... to he, says, he says, whoever is out there, just give me a sign uh, and burns it. Which is like... Yeah, it's like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Um, then, of course... Then, of course, we roll into Capture the Flag, which, of course, just really revolves around uh, Percy kind of learning the ins and outs of camp, learning how to sword fight, you know, to be a true Greek hero. Um, and, of course, it, at the at the event itself, he learns a little bit about the fact of, you know, who, oh, who the big three are, you know, who's, whose little, little houses are for each one. Um, this is where we really get the explaining of what and why happens at camp. And as we get into the game, we see that Annabeth is really, uh, of course, as the daughter of Athena, she's just willing to strategize and use Percy as bait because she knows Clarice personally wants to beat the crap out of Percy. Um, so she's like, hey, okay, I'm going to have you just kind of vibe here. Um, good luck. And we learn, of course, like I said, it's a bruise. Annabeth is totally using that to pull Clarice Um in which we learn, I believe this is where we learn that Percy is, in fact, the son of Poseidon. Wow, bonkers. Boy can control water and his dad's Poseidon. Uh-huh. <laughs> which puts us into, I am offered a quest. Um, I would also like to make a quick note. Uh, this is the, chapter eight was the first chapter that instead of saying I or my, it said we. And it's also the first chapter that he actually feels like he's becoming Part of the group. I just I wanted to point that out. I it is that very was nice. sweet. Yes. Um. So he gets his own cabin entirely to himself. Percy. And he's like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of cool, but it's a little lonely. Uh. And then everyone's sort of like treating him a little bit differently. Even uh people like Cl- uh, Clarice that are like, okay. Like, I'm not gonna mess with him now. He's a kid <laughs> of the big three. Yeah. Um. But then uh then he sort of talks with Grover for a little bit. Gets a, we get a little bit more on him. Uh, and then uh, Mr. D and Chiron call him and be like, hey, uh, just letting you know, uh, this is big news. This isn't supposed to happen. We're going to either kill you, like straight up murder you right now, or you can go on a fun little quest. Uh, so, in fact, they he's like, well, I guess I'll take the quest. Yeah, I guess. Uh, what's, what's the deal with the quest? And he's like. Uh, someone stole Zeus's lightning. They think it's you. There's gonna be a war soon. You gotta buy, buy the summer solstice. You gotta gear up and find it and return it, or else stuff's gonna go down. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, okay. Uh, you you gotta take somebody." And he's like, "Cool. I'll take Grover because he's great, and I want him to pass his exam. Uh, to like guard a demigod." And then he's like. Okay, you need one other person, and Annabeth takes off her cool invisibility cap. I think that's neat. Sorry. Uh, and she's like, I'm here too. And they're like, okay, we're going to be angsty for a little bit to, uh, between each other because our parents don't like each other. Uh, but other than that, we're fine. Um, also, that chapter is where we get the, um, the newspaper article. Where oh, yeah. we, for, if we ever need more reason to hate the abusive stepfather, mm-hmm. uh, we get it in the fact he's like, oh, my lovely wife and her god-awful son have vanished. They are still missing. I hate that boy. He is probably the reason his mother is dead. And you're like, Gabe, What a piss weird off. thing to say. <laughs> like, at this point, like, they haven't been gone that long. Like, they might turn up. But he's like, no, Percy did it. Yeah, Percy killed his mother. Sure. Um... 
And then, of course, uh, the next chapter in Chapter 10, I ruin a perfectly good bus. Uh, we are dropped into the beginning of their quest. It's Percy, Grover, and Annabeth just out, minding their own business. We learn about the... Not really learn, but we're introduced to the Greek... We're introduced to the Greek money um, and how drachmas kind of work. Also, the fact that they're like, hey, travel across the country. Here's a backpack, some spare change, a little bit of regular money, um, and your intuition. Uh, these are children. They're 12 years old. <laughs> it's tough being a god. Sorry. Disappointment? <laughs> Not really. It's, it's good. Movie. I'll give you credit. Um, we see that Luke is trying to be helpful and gives per- Percy a pair of really neat sneakers. Um, <laughs> my voice just did that. You gotta lay off. Hold on. I don't know. We were the same to Snape. It's fine. <laughs> right, right, right. We're just we're gonna lay on the 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 heavy heavy hand here. Um, and we see that. Um, we're really we kind of get introduced to the mist and that like ah oh, well it'll save you in a little bit. Of, you know, a little bit here. We also learned that there are posters of Percy up a bunch of places, and he's like, ugh. Uh, very, like, Flynn Rider and Tangled-esque. Just like, oh, that doesn't even, oh, gosh. They chose that picture. Um, and uh, we see that the that Mrs. Dobbs has showed back up on this bus um, and is <laughs> just out to kill poor Percy. Uh, so basically, the only way to escape them is to blow up the bus. Not on purpose, just does um and these kids take off wandering into the wilderness <laughs> trying to find their way uh kind of across the world here um which kind of already kind of puts us into the we visited the garden gnome emporium i'm gonna pick up there uh yeah there's first before uh there's something i liked in this where it's uh he's like hey it's nice to know this greek god so that way you can blame specific people for your failures uh, i was like okay i thought that was kind of funny um they're sort of they're sort of bickering between each other for a little bit, uh, trying to figure out what the, to do. Uh, they stumble upon Auntie M's uh, gnome emporium, um, and then go, "Huh, such a nice such nice statues that look like my uncle and very lifelike people with eyes following me." <laughs> I'm sure this woman, whose name starts with an M, is a perfectly respectable woman who has a fully veiled face. This will be good. Uh, she's giving us food, she, and she recognizes that Annabeth looks so much like her mother. Yeah, she knows Annabeth's name and Grover's name, and that's really cool. Uh, she's Medusa. Like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to like yada yada over that. She's Medusa. <laughs> uh, they go, uh oh, this is this is rough. Okay, uh, what do we do since we're kind of drugged from this food? So they uh, they look at her in a crystal ball to sort of like see the reflection of her because that's safe. Uh, and then he lops off her head with his pen sword. Well, I don't think we talked about that. Oh, he, the pen sword, yes, uh, Riptide. He has, yeah, he has a he has a sword that looks like a ballpoint pen that when you uncap it, it turns into a cool bronze sword that kind of glows, uh, and it always comes back to him. Uh, so that's cool. Um, Take that, Harry Potter wands. Yeah, exactly. Also, um, lops off her head, puts it in a box, finds some extremely detailed business ledgers uh, that say exactly where Zeus lives or where Hades lives. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then mails the head, mails the head with like, with the message, like, what is it? With love? Best wishes. Yeah. With best wishes, Percy Jackson sends the, the audacity head. of this child. <laughs> um, also the fact that, of course, Auntie M, or Medusa rather, has the line of like, don't be a pawn to the Olympians, my dear. You will be better off as a statue. And that kind of plays in the back of Percy's mind for a hot second. And I think fuels him putting the head in the box and being like, yeah. eat it. 
Um, love it. And then Annabeth being like, okay, we need a plan. Let's let's figure this out. Um, this is one of my favorite chapters. Uh, we get advice from a poodle. Um, as we search off, of course, uh, we learn that Grover's life goal as a satyr is to search for Pan, the god of the wild. Um, one of my favorite things about these books, too, is Percy's, like, blissful misunderstanding of very basic things. Mm-hmm. Like, Grover's like, ah, Pan. And he's like, Pam? Like, like the cooking, the cooking spray? spray. <laughs> so good. Percy just being blissfully ignorant to everything. Um, Boy, you took classes on this. You're supposed to be good at this stuff. And we get, of course, too, Percy's, um, he's, like, kind of being not mean to Annabeth, but definitely, like, Catty. hey, sus. Right. Yeah. And, and Grover's like, hey, man, play nice. Um, get some tasteful backstory. Um, you know, we see the fact that they're, they're trying to make their way across town and they run into this, this poodle. Um, is it? Yeah, this is the chapter. Yes. Okay. I'm right. Um, I just can't find it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) also a really good line from Annabeth. I said hello to the poodle. You have to say hello to the poodle, (laughs) Percy. It's just, this poodle was trying to give them some sort of advice and it kind of does. It tells Grover what they need to know, and they're like, "Okay." They also get two hundred bucks from it. That is true. They also get money from the from not it. like not from its pockets, but like it has a return or reward. So it's like the, the, the poodle oh, okay. has its little little humanoid pockets. Oh, you know, gross. Yep, think about it, the fur. Hmm, it's a trench coat. Oh no, the poodle in a trench coat. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's like the the poodle's like, "Well, I guess I'll go back to my garbage owner to benefit you." whatever um and then of course we're like they're like hey we need a way across town and then they were like oh not a bus yeah okay well probably a bus but okay oh i also just i nobody's listening to this that hasn't read uh percy jackson probably but i will say that uh they also they can't fly anywhere because if they fly then zeus Zeus is gonna strike down their plane not only because of percy solely because of percy percy's a little little crap uh and zeus is like "Mm, kill him yeah um, and then, of course, we uh, I plunge to my death. Um, okay. So this, this one, they're sort of riding up, and I think it's like a ferry or a trolley, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, to try to get uh, get across, get a little bit farther along what they need. Uh, they get separated because there's not enough space in the carts. Uh, Percy's there with, like, this, this uh, larger woman who's got, like, a chihuahua that then soon becomes a... Uh, like a large, large beast that's threatening the other other people in his cart, uh, and then also him, and then she turns into Knuckles the Echidna, uh, <laughs> uh, and her, so Echidna is her name, and then she's like, "Yeah, I made this dog," and then Percy's like, "Oh, that's not great," and I kind of I'm a little fuzzy on the details, uh, but uh, they he sort of uh, tricks her a little bit. A hole is uh, bust in the ferry. It starts to oh, sort of. Oh wait, no, what it is? So they take the they take their tram to to St. Louis, yes. which is the farthest it'll go. And then Annabeth, you learn that Annabeth is like a fan of architecture, so she has always just wanted to go see the Gateway Arch. Mm-hmm. And that's when they they get, they get separated, um, and then that's when all that happens. And Percy throws himself yes. out of the Gateway Arch into the river below. Yeah, that would kill a normal man. But, but luckily a, for him, water boy. Water boy um, also, we get a, that's where we get a little bit of backstory that obviously 
Um, Annabeth is not super connected to her family. Mm-hmm. She's not super connected to her father. Um, and we were like, ooh, there's some tragedy there. Also, we get to see the camp necklaces with the yeah, beads. Yeah, cool. and it's, ugh, it's the best part of the... I'm, I'm, sure every, I'm sure every Hot Topic for a while supplied a, a set of those Oh, beads. no, no. Hot Topic wouldn't. You had to buy them on Etsy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because right. this never got mainstream enough for Hot Topic. <laughs> the movie sucked, so no Hot Topic out right. for them. Right. Um, and then... Going into... Uh, what is the next chapter? I became a known fugitive. So, of course, after Percy throws his tiny little body out of the St. Louis Arch, um, <laughs> he kind of has a little bit of a conversation with the water a little bit yeah he we learned that he can the water has these spirits the nymphs that he can talk to because of course water Water. um we also learned that of course that water strengthens percy it makes him better the the he he gets a healing factor right like the the monster definitely poisoned him but like the water's like nah man we got you and he appears back um, in St. Louis, obviously, and the little girl, of course, points out. She's like, "Oh, look, that boy is walking from the water," and her mom is like, that's "Quiet, ni- girl. That's nice, but he's dry. That's nice." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we get to see that, of course, the news is reporting this, uh, and then it says this. Is, this, the new the Channel Five News has surveillance cameras that show the fact that this adolescent boy was absolutely going bonkers and threw himself out of the arch after he detonated a pipe bomb. <laughs> I don't think they say pipe bomb, but it's a very similar vibe. Yeah. Um, Which... and then well, and then he finds Percy, uh, he finds Annabeth and Grover, and they were like, ah. Was she talking? What's going on? What what happened? Why was there a chihuahua on the elevator? And then they were like, we got to we gotta get. We got to skirt. Which um, then puts us in God buys us cheeseburgers. This is a thick chapter, by the way. I, I just mean dense. by, like, I don't even mean by pages. I just mean that a lot happens. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they stop at a diner, I believe. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so first they stop at a gas station to, to send an IM, which is an iris message sent through, like, um, rainbows. Through the goddess of rainbows. Iris. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Uh, sends that. Luke shows up and he's like, "Hey, sorry, conveniently Chiron couldn't take your message. Uh, somebody, oopsie poopsie, might have told a little <laughs> rumor about what's happening, and now everyone's trying to rebel. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna put doubts in your head, uh, Percy, and t- uh, bring up weird things about Grover. That's probably kind of rude to just bring up talking about a pine tree. Uh, that's not great. So, bye." And then that happens, and they have to deal with that. Um, not only, but then uh, Ares shows up. They go to a diner to eat food. And then a biker uh, that uh, is, in fact, Ares shows up. and is like, hey, I forgot my shield at this abandoned water park. Can you go get it? Also, I'm going to mind control all these people and make you mad, Percy. I'm going to make you your emotions well up. Uh, so he goes, ugh, I don't want to do this. Fine. Uh, but uh, he has to. So he goes to an abandoned water park. Uh, very on brand for him. Um, tries to get the shield back from where uh, Ares and uh, Aphrodite were sort of like smooching. Uh, <laughs> then <laughs> uh, finds finds out it's, it's a trap set by Hephaestus. Hephaestus, thank you. I was gonna say. That's how always. That's how I always said it. So. Fair. Uh, a trap set by Hephaestus to try to, to, try to catch and embarrass uh, the two. Uh, they manage to escape uh, and get uh, not broadcast themselves to everyone. And then they go, 
All right, we got to go talk to Ares. Uh, like, I, I know he promised us he'd help a little bit and give us some information about my mother, but he also just tried to lead us into a trap. So let's go talk. Also, the awkward little, like, the awkward Annabeth and Percy sitting there in the tunnel of love. They're like, mm, I don't want to be here. And you're like, oh. And it reminds me very much of the, like, the stereotypical middle school, like, your parents drop you off at the movie theaters with somebody you like, and you're like, hmm, <laughs> I don't like it here. Um, and, of course, we take... Uh, we take a zebra to Vegas. Uh, they this is the chapter they um, meet up with Aries again. The, if you give a cat a cookie book, Scott, really out of hand at this point. If you <laughs> take a zebra to Vegas, don't <laughs> Um And of course, he's like, "Hey, listen, uh, y'all can hitch your ride to the closest you're gonna get is Vegas. Uh, hop in the back of this this zoo truck and go for it." We learn that Percy can talk to the zebra because horses. Guess it's close enough. Right. Um, and then of course Grover can talk to the other animals. Um they they just kinda drive off there. Um we have the nightmare, of course, that Percy um sees he learns a little bit who Talia is. Um do, 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 do. we get we get to learn that they're kinda that their their thoughts not thoughts, dreams have power almost. Mm-hmm. They're a little prophetic. Um, they kind of teach, oh, they're like, oh, look what's happening. Um, and this is also where they, they let the animals loose in Vegas. Um, and they stumble into the Lotus Hotel. Um, you look like you have a comment to make about the Lotus Hotel. Uh, I'll save it. I'll save it. Okay. We can talk about it. We'll add that to the. Um, so of course they're given these handy dandy Lotus cash cards. And basically this is just like a kid's fun house. Uh, they are, they just get to play games and just bebop around for a hot second. And then Percy's like, Ooh, I shouldn't be here. Um, and then they leave. They, well, they kind of bust out of there. Um, and we learn that the Lotus cafe or the Lotus casino kind of bends time. Uh, they thought they were only there for a couple hours. They were there for five days. And that totally won't come up later in the series. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and we learn, of course, now they are only one day out from the solace or the solstice. Um, and then, uh, So next, of course, we have We Shop for Waterbeds. Um, okay. So uh, they use their Lotus cars that had, I guess, infinite money on it to take a taxi why would you get rid of that? That's the coolest thing ever. Okay, so that's that's the thing that I was going to bring up. Okay. Uh, so she they swipe the card, and it's got infinite money on it. And they go, you can keep the change, you know, infinite change, if you just speed there. So he's going 95. Uh, they get there sort of in time. Uh, and then they're sort of walking around the uh, – they're, they're walking around the city trying to figure out where to go. Nobody can find uh, where, like – Hades' place is located. It's like a recording studio. Uh, they get chased by a couple street punks that uh, Percy kind of uh, instigates a little bit. Um, and then they find themselves in a waterbed shop. Uh, and it's like, hey, uh, my name's Krusty. Uh, my name's Procrusty. I mean, Krusty. Uh, and then <laughs> he's like, I'm going to trap you in a water. This is such a weird one, folks. <laughs> He, they trap him. They like lay on this water bed, and he's like, "Oh, it's a really nice bed." And then he's like, "I'm gonna stretch you with ropes now until you fit the size of the bed." Uh, and then he's about to do the same to Percy, but then he flatters him. He's like, "Oh, surely 
surely you wouldn't be able to fit on said bed. He's like, oh, of course I can. So he lays down, and then Percy's like, I'm going to chop you to bits. So, so he uses his magic sword to slice him up. Uh, they get a little bit angry. He's like, hey, you could have – why'd you have to take your time for so long? It's like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, they find the Percy address. said, I totally didn't murder that man. Yeah. Wiping blood. <laughs> the okay. Among Us memes are like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um, yeah, so he gets uh, – so they find the address, uh, know exactly where to go, uh, and they go straight to the uh, – they start to head towards Hades' place. Right. The Underworld, that's the, the name. The Underworld. Um, also, some peak comedy that comes out of this next chapter, we find out the truth, sort of, um, is – the line where they're like, are you dead? Yes. How'd you die? Um, we we drowned in a bathtub? All three of you? Big bathtub. <laughs> so good. It was a very good bathtub. Um, and of course we learn that they walk in, they pay with the drachma, and the dude's like, all right, come on. Uh, we meet Cybris, the three-headed dog who just vibes. He just vibes. Yeah, he plays with a fun ball, destroys it instantly. Sure, he won't come back up. Right, and then they they trot through the underworld, and they're like, okay, this is going to be bad. We get some villains, not villains planning, that was incorrect. We get some explaining of how Hades is set up and how it kind of differentiates from the mortal world and, like, you know, the works. Um, and Percy walks in, and he's like, okay, we have... First off, Percy refer, refers to, to Hades, God of the Underworld, as Lord and Uncle. I come with two requests. <laughs> okay, Percy. Um, um, so Hades is a little, little offended. He's like, two requests? Arrogance? Okay. And he's like, listen, I just want to find the bolt and get out of here. Um, also, my mom. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, you just you said also my oh, mom as if it was like a fun little joke like a yeah, my mom. mom. <laughs> One god already slept with my mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, oh no, it isn't even the mom. So of course he comes in. He's like, okay, two things. I want the master bolt. Also, Karen wants a pay raise. The dude who brought him across the river, and he's like, Ugh, okay. Karen um, in those Italian suits. I know. And then, you know, Hades, we learned that Hades thing is missing as well. Um, there was somebody at the winter solstice, the, the like meeting in Olympus, stole his helm of darkness as well, which is basically like a fancier invisibility cloak. Yeah. Um, and they were like, well, that's sus. Um, and we learned that Percy has the lightning bolt in his backpack. And you're like, what? Oh no, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Oh no, how does Percy have this? Um Hades is like Um, you know, he was like, you know, I know what you're really doing, you're trying to bargain for your mom. And he was like, Listen, she's not dead, so whatever. Just find my home and return it. Um uh, and yes, uh these pearls are supposed to kind of be their trip back to life. Um, and so we learn, you know, there's only, there's only two. They have to choose. Um, right? There's only three. There's and three. And there's four of them, including the mother. Right, yeah. So they have to choose. And Percy, Percy's mom is like, you know what? You'll come back for me. Like, it's okay. Um, and yeah, so they go off and they're like, okie dokie. Uh, and then we get to, I battle my jerk relative. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, no, that, and... 
Is that the scene? No, not yet. Okay, sorry. I lied. So after, in, in I Battle of My Jerk uh, Relative, Chapter 20, uh, as they use the pearls, they, like, sort of float up, uh, and they're just sort of vibing in the ocean. Uh, a Coast Guard picks them up, uh, and he's like, Listen, dude, we're so busy. We don't got time to question why you're soaking, like, oh, like why you're soaking wet in the ocean and children. We don't got time for this. Uh, just drop you off. They get dropped off on the coast, and they're like, now, who could have done this? And they're like, oh, I was probably Ares. And then as they say the name, he's like, hey, my name's Ares. I'm back. <laughs> um, they uh, they battle. Uh, they battle it out. He sort of just taunts Ares. And it's like, hey, I know you didn't do this. You're too dumb. Uh, like, you, you're <laughs> bold. Yeah, you're just sort of helping. And he's like, hey, I'm a god. You shouldn't talk to me like that. And he goes, ah. And then uh, they both pull out their cool swords. They're fighting for a little bit. Percy does a really cool thing where he leads him to the back of the ocean and keeps pushing back the tides. And when he releases it, it sort of like compresses and launches, launches them across like the, the way. My mind was just like the entirety of California. Like Aries just gets yeeted yeah. to like Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he gets, he gets hurt and he's like, all right, well, I'm not going to die, but I am in pretty rough shape. So I'm going to leave now. Uh, and then the police, oh, sorry, the police were also there, and they were like, hey, drop those guns, and it's like, we're holding swords, but okay, whatever, uh, and then the police cards get exploded by Ares, uh, and then that's all for that chapter, but it leads mm -hmm. quite, like, quite almost exactly into I Settled My Chap, chapter 21. Right, and so, um, as we get through, um, they make it back to New York, they make it back specifically to Camp Half-Blood, and, um, you know, he's like, I just want, I just want everybody to survive. I just, but I need to return this by, you know, by today. Today is the solstice. We need to get get this crap moving here. Um, so he hops into the Empire State Building. Is like, hi, I need to go to floor six hundred. And the the poor minimum wage employee working security is like, <laughs> dumb child. And he's, and then like, he's like, Zeus. And he goes, okay. Uh, um. So he takes the elevator on up, and we we get the kind of like. Here, here's your thing. Uh, we also get Poseidon's aesthetic, just very obviously described in this, which we'll, <laughs> we'll get on. Dude, Spotify consists of only Jimmy Buffett, and I won't, <laughs> I won't budge on He's that. He's a um, and, um And obviously Percy's like, oh, my God, my dad. And then Zeus is like, how dare you not speak to me first, child? <laughs> and Poseidon's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Play nice. It's fine. Um, and so, of course, he... Percy tells the story about what all had happened, um, returns the bolt, um, and yeah, he kind of, he, you know, you see Percy's a little, little humble, little humble boy, and he's like, ah, I personally was like, oh, you know, it's so great that you did this all by yourself, few heroes could ever accomplish this, he's like, well, I wasn't alone, these two people that I really find nice, they helped me, um, He's like, oh, okay, I don't care, small child. Please. And then Zeus was like, for the love of God, if you ever fly again, striking you out of the sky. No cap, just doing it. Like, that's kind of, you, you let so many other people fly. Well, it's just because he's he's Poseidon's son. Yeah, Stay in the water. Um, so convenient, though. <laughs> right? And then also uh, the package. Yeah, they're like, hey, don't do that. Um, and then, of course, we see he takes he takes a taxi back to his mom's house, and he finds that his mother is just vibing there. And she's like, oh, my God, you're okay? I'm okay. It's all great. Um, and then we learn uh, Gabe is still 
disgusting as always uh he learns that the box is still vibing on his bed he's like hey hey mom you want gross smelly gabe gone right and she's like i don't think it's that simple but uh he's like listen jerk's been hitting you i know it you want him gone or not and percy and then his mom's like i guess yeah she he just hands her the box and is like here you go don't look at it yeah i was like that's a bolt because if you tell someone not to look at something they're gonna look at it you gotta you had to give him a preface of you will die if you look at this legitimately right. please um and then so he's like cool i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to, to half blood hill i guess and just yeah go back to camp for a hot second and uh, we see good yeah no and then that come comes to the prophecy comes true we didn't even touch on the freaking prophecy but that's fine it's fine there there was a prophecy given by the oracle who it's like, like some uh, foreshadowing yeah, but tasteful ba- basically just uh god was gonna go uh god was gonna turn on you uh you wouldn't be able to save your mom uh the, the journey's gonna be hard your friend's gonna betray you somebody's gonna stab stab yeah it's like Nobody's betrayed me. It's all the prophecies all over. It's, it's good now. No, uh, they, they, they. I was gonna say, they they celebrate for a little bit, uh, and and Percy's like wondering if he's gonna go back or not. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna spend my last day here. I'm gonna train a little bit. I'm gonna go to where Luke is. I'm gonna hang out with my best buddy Luke. They would never <laughs> do anything wrong to me. Luke's like, I want you dead. And then he throws a scorpion at him, and then he uses a magic sword to, to villain splain and be like, I hate the gods, and I want to get rid of every sense of establishment they have. The Western civilization was a curse. Like he started like spewing some Unabomber stuff. Uh, <laughs> And then, and then he, the Industrial Revolution uh, was a mistake. Um, and then he slices the ground with a sword, disappears. Uh, Percy gets stabbed by a poisonous uh, scorpion and then goes, hey, I'm going to pass out, guys. Give me some ambrosia and then collapses. Uh, and then they sort of talk with him and he's like, hey, uh, Luke's, Luke Luke's, Luke's bad. Uh, stuff's rough. Things bad ahead. And he's like, uh-oh. Well, all right. Are you prepared for what's coming forth? And they go, I guess. And he's like, but instead of training, I'm actually going to go back and hang with my mom for a bit. So see you guys. Peace I'll survive out. for a year probably. I have a yes, feeling his gone. mom won't survive another year if I can see where the tone is going. Oh, hot day. I'm pretty. It's like, oh. Brett I'm, does foreshadowing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's happening. That his mom's getting got. Yeah. And unless I missed anything, I think that's the summary. That is. That's it. It that's went a little long. Not really. That's quicker than any of our Harry Potter ones. Is it really? Okay, yeah. cool. So we're good. good. We um, are long-winded. <laughs> yeah, no, and we got to ramble a little bit. I love, I think, I just have this image of a very, like, so, of course, we learn about a Luke's sword. Um, we learn that, of course, the the uh, the, the celestial um, gold. Uh, so uh, I think it's just called. Celestial bronze. Yeah. Um, it will not hurt pure humans slice right they can't even see it they it won't hurt them however we learn luke's sword is two-sided it has a regular steel blade and then the the celestial bronze blade Mm -hmm. so it can hurt both human and god and that's like now a little bit of character explanation for luke it's cool i wasn't quite sure if it i wasn't sure if it like would pass through but then hit them kind of bluntly (laughs) like i wasn't sure like a mallet well, well unless like, I guess he could just turn which side he's swinging with, though. Yeah, but like, like what I'm saying is like, if you if it's half of the sword, it's gonna pass. It's gonna like one one side's gonna slice through, and then it's just gonna whoosh right through. Right. Or vice versa. Improper design should have been ha- like half and half horizontally instead of half a half vertically. 
I don't think they ever specify it. Oh, in my yeah, mind, just, I always think of it. Let's say that it's split uh, down the middle. That's like how I this. always think of it. It's. I think it's cool. I don't care. It's kind of cool. But I'm just imagining like Luke just trotting around a dying Percy, just tossing his sword into the air like, oh my gosh, the gods are the worst. Of it. And you're like, okay, Luke, calm down. Yeah, he, he definitely has school shooter energy. <laughs> But yeah. like the one you don't expect, which he's, is he's got JD energy. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's almost now that I'm thinking about it and saying it out loud, it's almost the same point except for instead of society, it's the gods. Yeah, basically. Um, so I guess this is <laughs> talking about Luke being sus. I guess goes straight into our first point of identity. Yes. Um, so of course we, there's a handful of places where identity is seen in this, and a lot of it falls in Percy's perception of himself. Um, and this will be a continual theme throughout the series. Percy is very... Percy never thinks of himself as the true hero. Even though, yeah, he gives the credit to his friends, but it, it was Percy who did a lot. Percy's the one who fought Ares, not Annabeth or Grover. It's Percy who very, very boldly just sasses off any god he can. But in Percy's mind, he is no hero. And I guess, I don't know where to really... Even though he is the hero he doesn't think of himself as the hero. Um, and I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to think of where I want to like drive this talking point to, because I don't know that in this book specifically, Percy never perceives himself at any point, a hero. He's like, I am doing bare minimum to prevent catastrophe. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with that point. I think that he's, there's never really a moment where he is fully like, Oh, I am the best. He the only I think the most that he gets is he gets a little bit cocky around gods. I mean, like, hey, listen, I can take I can take people down. I can handle myself now. But that's about Which is it. Bold. Yeah, it's, you're it's twelve. Bold. These are immortal gods with immortal god mm-hmm. power. You were a twelve year old with a mm-hmm. sword and the ability to manipulate water. Yeah, but even even for a while, even after he found out he was a god, like one of the things or uh, demigod. One of the things that he's still dealing with is he doesn't feel like he fits in. And that's where it sort of lies, that he's always felt to the side, especially now. And I don't think – I think he's uh, – he was barely sure of who he was before. And having this tacked onto him didn't really help him in being a hero. He's still seeing himself as someone off to the side, someone who, like, is kind of late-blooming almost. Like, and I think it's it, – Percy always plays a part in the story, but I think in his mind he's never the main character of the story, mm-hmm. which is ironic because he is, in fact, the main character of the story he is telling us. Um, but I guess this is a good place, too, to talk about kind of the gods' identity. Um, the gods have this omnipowerful kind of setup, yeah. which is – their Greek gods make sense. But, of course, we're seeing the beginning of a coup. <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing that maybe the gods aren't invincible. Obviously, 12-year-old Percy took down Ares. Mm-hmm. We're like, impressive. Nice, nice shot, kid. Yeah. Um, And I know you wanted to rat on Poseidon's aesthetic. Go yeah. for it. Tommy Bahamas? <laughs> I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to take you seriously? You're rocking leather sandals with socks? Like, <laughs> bruh. I am imagining, literally, <laughs> Poseidon as a parrot head is canon. It has to be. Oh, for sure. He... He listens to the live version of uh, Margaritaville constantly. He's, <laughs> the guy, he's the guy that when it's not playing the live version, he'll be yelling like, like, salt, 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 like in the in the <laughs> middle of the chorus. Like that's that he is for sure that. And I don't I'm not hating on the man. I'm just saying 
I'm hating on his aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. But he's got it sorted. And like Zeus feels Zeus feels weird if I'm being honest. He's sort of like, I'm in a black pinstripe suit. I'm very fancy. I'm very <laughs> casual. Man, you had sex with every animal in the animal kingdom. You don't get to wear a, p- a pinpoint suit. At least Poseidon's owning himself, okay? He understands what he's going for. He's not taking himself seriously. I think another thing, too, is we get to see all the gods in this, too. We see that Annabeth and her mom have the same eyes. Yeah. And and obviously all the gods have very distinct patterns and, mm. like, vibes. Um my favorite Aphrodite is just like oh, yes. We learn more about her, I think, in the n- next book or the the third book. Mm-hmm. Um, Aphrodite has the ability to change her her how people perceive her based oh. on what they love the most. It's super cool. Um, but oh my gosh, the gods are also like I said, uh, they are so over where con- where Percy is humble and unknowing of the ability he has the gods are overconfident in their ability that they have which is ironic because of course that is how they got power in the first place mm-hmm. um also Paul, oh gosh anyhow um so when we get we can talk a little bit we talked about a little little a second ago is percy's doubt in himself and we see that throughout this entire book percy is just so he does not understand how somebody like him this kid who is not good at anything who's bad at school who's bad at everything, could possibly do anything good. And he's just so sad. You're like, oh, no, Percy, it's okay. But did you have anything to add on doubt? Um, yeah. Uh, I think that the, I think the main three, and I'm not talking about the, the Greek gods, <laughs> but the, the main three characters that we got, Grover, Annabeth, and Percy, all have doubt in their own ways. Um, we, we touched on Percy's already. Grover's is constantly doubting his sort of self-worth as well. He is he. We we learned that he was the one who tried to guide um, Thalia, which mm-hmm. was uh, Zeus's kid that got turned into a tree. Uh, Luke and Annabeth when they she was younger, uh, and because that went kind of poorly, if I'm being honest, uh, <laughs> he he's been sort of doubting himself. And then this was his like final attempt at sort of like writing what went wrong, uh, and it gets messed up. So th- through the entirety of it, he is constantly doubting himself. And he's like. Percy, if I'm if I'm being a thorn in your side, I will leave. I will throw away every dream I have because I don't think I'm worth it. And it's 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 really sad. And like he's, uh, I don't know. I he doesn't have too much character, but he's constantly doubting himself. That's like one of the traits that he has, and I I think it's kind of. Well, sad. when we see that even before we know what Grover is, like mm-hmm. even back at the the couple of chapters we get at Yancey, Grover's the same way. He is very shy he's very upset all the time he's mm-hmm. so afraid of stepping on toes or like we see um nancy just bullying him and Grover's like no percy don't get in trouble for me it's mm-hmm. fine i like peanut butter yeah he's all, also he, peanut butter and ketchup sandwiches what the yeah <laughs> really random it was i'm glad you reminded me of that that's disgusting <laughs> um uh and then annabeth also has some doubt mm-hmm. uh in her which is she she was very she seems to be a very cool and like collected character when we first meet her. Uh, she seems very sure of herself. Uh, but as things go on, you see that it's it's I don't want to say it's a facade because she is calm and collected and she does come up with a lot of great plans. However, she does have a side where she doesn't always know what's going to happen and she doesn't all she's not always prepared for everything. So uh, she has like the fears that they bring up where she's like, oh, she's scared of spiders here. Uh, and then like, she's, she's not quite sure if she's going to be able to like make the cut. And she's like self-sacrificing, uh, down in, uh, down in the underworld. She's like, Oh, don't worry. Da, 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 da. She's, she's doubting her abilities, even her own. And she's also doubting if her father loves her. Uh, that's like a, a tie that comes in of, uh, 
her father um, doesn't really want to do want much to do with her, um, and with like monsters always coming and harassing uh, the her step family uh, with the father, she's like feels unwanted, uh, and she wants to connect with him but doesn't know if she can. Uh, and and in the end, they they see if they can try to make it work again. So that kind of gets resolved, but I, I don't think it's quite over yet. Well, and that really fall, that falls into our next point of family, and like you said. Annabeth's family situation is just so heartbreaking mm-hmm. because you have her dad who has obviously her stepmom and her and her and her Two step kids. siblings. Um, and Annabeth, it's I don't know if it's as much of obviously her dad doesn't necessarily want her around just because of this fear that he that she's going to endanger his like his other like his other half of the family. But at the same time, I think it's Annabeth being afraid that she's endangering them as well. Um, like that little subtle fear that she's like, well, I don't want to. I'm just going to cause trouble. I don't mm. want to cause trouble. Um, and uh, and when you compare it to Percy's home life, it's very, very polarized, obviously, mm. because Percy's home life, even though it sucks, Gabe is the worst. Um, we see that Percy and his, and, and his mom, Sally, have such a close relationship. The only thing Sally cares about is that her kid is okay, that he is safe, and that he knows he is loved by her. Mm-hmm. And it's just so heartbreaking to compare Percy's family to Annabeth's family. And you're like, mm-hmm. you just deserve the best. Um, I want to touch on Gabe real quick. Yeah, go for it. Because obviously we see Gabe is abusive. Absolute words I can't say without censoring. He's a sleaze. He is absolutely disgusting. He is abusing the absolute gem of a human that is Sally Jackson. Um, he's abusing Percy. He's straight up like... Ha- like there's definitely some underlying he just used to beat the ever-loving crap out of percy I, it's he, not it's like barely underlying it's right 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 surface. right it's you he, you don't see him in text beat the crap out of percy however you know it's there mm-hmm. and of course we see that percy percy's like mom listen why are you with him and she's just like i have to be percy you don't understand why i am but i have to be he smells so rancid so humanly filthy that it hides your like um, he- yeah, your, your godly, godly aroma. Uh, uh. which I'm not sure if this is a good time to touch on yeah, that. Go if for you it. Wanna, okay, um, that's a, it's another thing that Harry Potter does. That Harry Potter it takes a little bit longer to get into, uh, but it's sort of the like there is a magical reason that you need to stay with your abusive family. And at first, I was like, they're gonna do this again. I'm not gonna like. However, <laughs> Sally However. Jackson just turns him to stone. <laughs> oh yeah, did we touch on that? It really doesn't happen yet in the book. It happens. It, we're spoiler spoilers. Well, it, happens, it happens in the end of this. this at the end of this, yeah. okay, yeah. It's yeah. He gets Gabe's gone. Yeah, and you're like, Whoa. Gabe gets sold away as a uh, as a statue because he gets medusified. Uh, he gets uh, what's it called? Turned to stone. Yeah, yeah. There's a name for it. Uh, he gets petrified. There we go. I really like medusified. I think it has some power behind. <laughs> there it. There we go. He he gets medusified. He gets what he deserves. Yeah. Like, he gets turned into a gross statue that they say like this statue's so gross in real life, and it almost looks like it smells. Screw this guy. And Sally's like, oh, it does. Yeah. Have it. Uh, then, also, the fact that not only did well, obviously we see Percy straight up murder a man, we just watched Sally Jackson, one of the purest characters in this entire series. Straight up murder her abusive ex-husband. Yes, this and is... W- Sally Jackson would have been a woman in country. <laughs> like, she is the staple of what women in country sing about. I'm just saying. Hot I, take. <laughs> I will say, in Percy's defense, he didn't... He killed a guy that was trying to kill his it's friend. It's also a monster. It's also a monster. Uh, Like, every... Because his sword... Like, like a legitimate monster. Yeah, not say, like, a, like a monster like Gabe. Yeah. 
if he wasn't human, the sword wouldn't have worked on him. And as he, he like makes a point to say that he's like, uh, the sword wouldn't work on uh, a non-human. So it, either this is going to slide right through him like butter or he's going to disappear. And he disappears. So, so. fine. Um, well, and this is a place to two. And like we said earlier, this is a very different writing style than really that's traditionally seen mm-hmm. in a lot of literature targeted towards kids. Uh, I personally am a huge fan of Rick Riordan's writing style. I love the comedy he incorporates into the text. I love Percy's narrative tone. Um, I was wondering your opinions on it, since this is your first your first dive into Percy uh, Jackson. So far, I, I I like it. It's kind of, I don't want to say Terry Pratchett-esque, but it, it a is. A little bit, yeah. Um, and it, it's very funny. Uh, like, e- even now, like, uh, I'll be honest, like, some of the jokes I was expecting, I was like, we're not going to land, they're for children. Uh, I don't want to say children, but they're for, like... Uh, a very young... They're yeah, for like, a younger demographic. Like and I think preteen. that is important to note, this series, all the way through, is pretty much targeted straight at probably... You're supposed to age with Percy, so 12-year-old. 12 12 mm-hmm. year I read this when I was 10, and this was the best, you know? So, yeah, yeah. that's the demographic. Um, But, but yeah, so I actually think, like, reg- like disregarding that, like, obviously the writing has to be a little bit lower. It's, this is not going to be some Oscar Wilde level of, like, right. literature hoops you're going to go through. But I think that for what it does, it does fairly well. Uh, I think the Luke foreshadowing is... I, I think it was uh, fairly, like, easy to read coming from, like, when you know, like, s- certain tropes uh, in, in literature. However, I think that it was fairly hidden. I, I, I think that it was done a decent job. It survives the reread test. Yeah, it, yeah. I will also say uh, something that I want to make note of for the style, I like it a lot, is he uses a lot of, like, new lines and spacing, uh, which I think is, like, it, it makes some of the lines feel more impactful. Like, mm-hmm. I think there was something, like, uh, oh, boy, I hope my first day goes well, and, like, the next line is, it didn't, and then like it goes on to the other thing. Uh, I, I I think it's I think it's impactful. I think it could be used to uh, like just heighten like emotions and like uh, humor a lot, and I, I I enjoy it so far. Well, and of course, in this um is it's first person obviously. Yes, this that's, is that's this difference. you get so much of Percy, and I think it works really well because like we had mentioned earlier, Rick Riordan is building out of the real world, not out of this. We get a little bit of like setting and like world building when Percy gets to camp. Mm-hmm. But the first five chapters of this are spent in the real world. There is nothing fictitious about it, outside the fact that Percy's the son of a god. Also, monsters are chasing them. But you are very planted in Long Island, New York. Um, And I think that makes a huge difference. Because, obviously, Rick Riordan is able to dive into his characters so much more. Mm -hmm. And I think he does really well with it, too, specifically through Percy's narrative. Um, Of course, we get this very clear setting of Percy's self. Percy does not think he is the best. He he you know, he just he just loves his mom. He's sad that he's not good at school. He hates he kinda hates the fact he's not good at school. Mm-hmm. Um he just cares about Grover. He wants Grover to be safe and by the end he just cares about Annabeth. He wants Annabeth to just be his friend and just be like, you know, be there with him. Um and I I personally really love the first person style of narration. Especially with the younger audience and with the humor style Rick Riordan incorporates in the text. Um, we'll probably end up touching on the Heroes of Olympus series at some point down the road, which is another Rick Riordan series, obviously. But it doesn't – the humor doesn't stick the same way because he writes it in a third-person perspective, whereas this is obviously – those jo- like a lot of the jokes that he, he uses in this would not work in a third-person setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos there. 
And I know, Brett, you had made the point off the mic earlier about the fact that there's a lot of, like, telling and showing kind of mm. evenly blended throughout yes. this. Um, I think that, I, obviously, uh, in writing, usually the rule is, like, show, don't tell. Um, but there, there's, a, there's a difference for, like, a younger audience. Like, if you're, like, uh, using a, lit, a little bit more flowery, flowery language instead of saying he was scared, it's going to be a little bit harder for them to parse, and you want to make things easily digestible for your audience. So you don't want to purposely confuse them unless you're trying to make some sort of weird point, and usually that's not really worth it in the end. Right. Um, but this still has some, like, fairly, fairly like, basic forms of showing and, uh, showing and telling that it sort of tries to weave in there. And I honestly, like, at one point I was like, it feels like he's trying to warm kids up to the to the feeling of you don't need to read you can read what it looks like he's feeling instead of just being told like at one point it's like uh uh suddenly he felt he felt an eerie presence and the hairs on the on the back of his neck stood up uh and he felt a cold sweat he uh he was terrified or something like it was something along those lines and it was like you were showing that like these go with this and you're getting the feeling in here Mm -hmm. and to reaffirm that in your head it is he was terrified. And it's making that association. And I think Rick Burden does that relatively well throughout the entirety of his novel. Because next time that something eerie happens, he's not going to say Percy's terrified. He's just going to say that Percy, that the hair stood up on the back of Percy's neck. Yeah. Um, and then because you have already kind of connected terrified to that, it'll, you know, it'll click. Yeah. Um, I and think that's really nice. I, I, right. I think it's like a good way to sort of get kids into reading without, without having a, like a quiz halfway through that says, when it when I said this, what emotion was it? And like that's right. kind of how school teaches it, which sort of with the message of this book, it's not always the best way. Right, and I think this is. I mean, this is a good point to head on. Um, this was the first. Obviously, I have I have dyslexia. I've, uh, um, I have always struggled with it. This was the book that kind of told me that just because I had a learning disability didn't mean I had to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, which a lot of teachers had told me I could never be the smart kid in class because I had because I had dyslexia. Um, and obviously seeing a character like Annabeth, you know, changed that in my mind, obviously. And we see Percy struggle with this as well. Um, Percy is obviously not the smart kid in the classroom. Um, he has always been told that he's stupid. Obviously Gabe does not help that at all. Um, but Percy, it's, it's one of those things that in this like the const in this book is such a good place to talk about like the construct of education as a whole because we have these teachers uh kind of like what you had mentioned though that teachers the teachers are going to teach this book like oh here's this very harsh quiz you should perceive this whereas like a lot of times we just don't talk about the fact that kids all learn differently obviously we see percy end up thriving because his learning disability is because he's able to read greek or his his adhd is because you know it makes him more able in battle um, and the one teacher that like he's actually good with, and he's like, "Hey, I'm actually learning things." Is the teacher that has worked with these kinds of kids before and understands what they're does going through. education in a fun way. Yeah. Like Percy talks about the fact that yeah, Mr. Brother would roll in the class and like let a sword fight and be Greek heroes, which I thought was I was like, "Hey, I, that's kind of <laughs> you shouldn't use a sword on students." But then it's like, "Oh, it passes through normal mortal boys," and it's like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." <laughs> Except for if he tripped and hit Percy, and then Percy's <laughs> the book Novel series immediately ends. The book's like eighteen pages. It's rough. <laughs> All was fine and good. I didn't want to be a half blood, and I found out I was a half blood because Chiron stabbed me <laughs> in the middle of our third Latin class. Um, also, I find it odd that he teaches Latin, not like the classics or anything. 
Yeah, it's very peculiar. Oh, so you teaching Latin to like a twelfth year, a twelve year old? A twelve year old. You're like, hey, a little little sixth grader, Latin. I'm good. Ad Astra. <laughs> um, but also, okay, I did I did make the note from our review that, or from the like our summary that we want to talk about the Lotus Hotel. Yes. Do you want to? Would you like to have reins on this? Uh, I just the one thing I really want to first touch on. Uh, when we can go into a little bit deeper is that they have a card that has, I guess, infinite money on this credit card, and they use it in the taxi. It was like, oh, that works. That's sick. This is gonna be a really cool tool. They're not gonna have to worry about money. No, no. They just give it away. It, did they give it away, or did they just like run out of funds on it because they gave the rest of infinity to this random taxi man? I don't know. Because she said you can keep the change, and then they it never gets brought up again. It do, it never gets brought up again at all. Never, ever. not ever, at all. Ever. The Lotus Hotel not will get even mentioned. Like richest man in the world has no. infinite money. Nope, never mentioned again. It's just it's just there. I, I he never explains it for Creorden. Listen here, <laughs> what? Um, my my thing with the Lotus Hotel is obviously it's the fact of it is meant to keep these kids here for so long. Is it something in myth? Is it, it is. It is. It is. Um, okay. the Lotus, the Lotus uh, people, the people of Lotus, the Lotus people. Um, anyhow, but basically they were known for um, they would you know they'd feast on the lotus flower, and that would keep them tethered to this very. This utopia, this utopia okay. in which time is perceived differently. So, um, which is obviously it works because we went from, you know, 12 days out to mm-hmm. one day out. Now, <laughs> also, does that, I may, maybe this is just myth, so this might not be as interesting, so we can maybe cut it out. But uh, something I was wondering about it was is it like if somebody from the 70s walked out, would they still be a kid? Or would they now be like thirty five? Oh no, that comes into play later in the series. Okay, well, foreshadowing. Um, no, they're still a kid. Oh, rough. You are whatever age you enter the casino at. Not only like, oh no, so much time goes by. You're gonna be kind of stuck with the lingo that you entered with. Mm-hmm. Like, that's gonna be. You're gonna be like, hey, it's groovy, baby. You're gonna talk, be talking like Austin Powers <laughs> at like. And then you get bullied. Yeah, and then you get bullied. Uh, if you have a British accent, you already deserve to get bullied. Oh, hot take. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, no, yeah, no, that comes that comes into play later in the series. Um, I don't know if that's I don't know how the myth actually goes on that, but in the book series itself, it does play that, that you stay the same age you were when you enter the hotel. Okay. I think there was another point I wanted to talk on before we get on characters. Oh, um, the the perception of news in this. Yeah. Um, I take this as, okay, obviously we've seen in Harry Potter that the only, the only type of news we get is this very, like, uh, you know, Yeah, it's, it's almost always exaggerated except for when it's a super good person behind it. Right. Uh, which obviously has its problems. It's not making a commentary about, like, right. it's not making a commentary about humanity or society or even, like, just the wizarding world. It is making an assumption about the news, which, obviously, we're not going to sit here and pretend that the news doesn't have problems. We've, right, we've, we've right. covered this in a previous cast. However... This series does it as well, but I'm willing to forgive it a little bit right, more. Right, because, because it's a little... In, I always think of it as, in the eyes of the media, Percy did, in fact, probably murder his mother. Also, oh. Boyd just shot himself out of the St. Louis Arch. Mm-hmm. I, I will also give it that 
it is not trying to be from uh, Riordan's point of view. It is not supposed to be a commentary on the news, or at least I don't think it is. I think it's supposed to be a commentary on Gabe. Uh, not yeah, Gabe, and also just on humans in general. Like it is, it is showing that like it's talked. He does not even hesitate to be like humans are greedy jerks, like constantly polluting everything. Like even the river Styx is polluted. Um, not with like material possessions, but with like hopes and dreams and things they just throw away because they don't care. Uh, so it is it is trying to show it also with the mist, where it's like, oh, humans are gonna believe what they want to believe. Like even a pastor that ends up in uh, being punished in Hades is going to see his version of hell. It's not like our version. It's he is so stuck in his ways that he's going to see a completely different alt, uh, like afterlife. Mm-hmm. So it is. It, I feel like the news thing of like them coming to terms with all these things is not a commentary directly on like news in general but it is a commentary on Humanity. humans in general mm-hmm. and and i kind of like i said i kind of like the way they handle this like a little bit in the sense of this obviously this shows what the media would do they get interviews with the with the person con- like, closely connected to the story they're you know terror maybe terrorist attacked mm-hmm. at the st louis arch they're making theories about it that's they're, pretty on brand for humanity they also like repeatedly said like we don't know if this is a terrorist attack we are still being informed uh, they also got like a child specialist to talk about them. Now that kind of seemed a little bit more like human interest story, human interest, but they did in fact get, they, they are showing that they are getting at least some form of research in on right. this. So, right. Um, but this, I guess this is time for us to turn and talk about characters. We've got five to talk about. Yes. One, we're not going to hit as hard on because already kind of touched on him. Well, a little bit, but I think I was going to, I was talking about Annabeth. I think oh, okay. there's a little bit for us to talk about Annabeth here, but I don't think we can dive into her character fully yet. Yes. Um, I love Annabeth. Annabeth was my emotional support character as a child. <laughs> I am blonde. I am dyslexic. I was top of my class. Annabeth was my, I was like, this one, me, that's me. <laughs> um, I, Annabeth, and we did touch a lot on Annabeth already. So this will be very, very brief. Um, we see that Annabeth is so afraid of not being good at it. Mm-hmm. She she recognizes the fact that she has been textbook trained, but never actually been in the real world. She has not seen the mortal world since she was a kid because she just doesn't get along with her family. Um, and so Annabeth is just so afraid of failing. And I think that says a lot to her character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really all I have to add on yeah. Annabeth because we touched a lot on her family situation earlier. Um, unless you have anything to add, we can go uh, switch characters. Not really. I like her hat. I think it's cool. The, the hat is cool. The New, York, the New York Mets hat or the Yankees hat. Yeah, one of the two. Right. Um, it is the Yankees, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then I, th- I think Percy next, maybe? Yeah, we can go to Percy okay. next. Um, and of course, we're going to learn a lot about Percy as we go on. There's yeah. this, it's literally in his perspective. like, mm-hmm. And I think we get a lot out of his perspective as we go through this. And I think this isn't the place to touch on it, but... Percy is an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Um, it's his narration that's going to be unreliable. We don't really see everything clearly. And not in the sense that we classically see unreliable, unreliable narrators. Percy tells the story pretty much straight up mm-hmm. how it is. But we see the time Percy edits the story the most is when it has to do with him specifically. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense of like, oh, I don't want you to know the awful things I have done. But rather he's like, I did a good thing, I guess, but it wasn't me who just did this. Look at this amazing thing Annabeth did. Look how Grover helped me. Yes, there's, there's also there's a there's a ton of focus on like the negative portrayal of of Percy, 
And then when it comes time, like, it, uh, to, like, oh, the news had it wrong and stuff like that. And they, they're doing, like, their coverage story about, like, it was just Ares that killed just a guy in a leather jacket that uh, kidnapped them this whole time. Uh, he he sort of yada yadas over it. He's like, yeah, they thought I was good. And, like, he's even when he is describing, like, the bare necessities of the story, there are, like, quotations of him interjecting, uh, like, in his own dialogue and be like, oh, yeah, that's this this Percy sounds pretty cool. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a direct line. It's like, this Percy sounds like a fun guy to hang out with. And it's like, that's you. That's you, bud. Like, it's, right. Uh, it, it is entirely, like, he's just completely downplaying all of his achievements. And it's it's sad that this kid is sort of, be, like, I don't want to say beaten down, but he is, he is humble to a, like, oh. fatal flaw. And uh, nice oh, yeah, that you say thing, this. Uh, that'll come up literally. I think it's next book that we learn a lot about the fatal flaws of Percy and of Lady Macbeth, too. Um, and I think that also goes into the. I, obviously, this is never openly said because Percy doesn't dive into his own psyche any. But it's argued, I mean, it's arguable that the reason he feels that way about himself is because he's been in an abusive household his mm-hmm. entire, entire childhood. Um, he's been around Gabe, who has told him that he is the worst. He is awful. He is useless. So, of course, that's going to manifest in his mind. Mm-hmm. It One ounce of negativity cannot be outweighed by one ounce of positivity. You know, it takes so much more positivity to outweigh the negativity. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's still going to linger. And Percy's a prime example of that. And it's that thread's just going to continue as the series goes on. Um, <laughs> the vision from, from the fifth book. Um, so, I guess next we can talk about sally we kind of already touched on i i love sally jackson she is one of my favorite characters in the series she's super the fact this woman does everything in her power just to make sure that her son is okay she has hopped this kid in every local school she possibly could mm-hmm. she is married to the grossest most abusive man possible probably not the most abusive man because she's alive but a very abusive very manipulative man just for the sake of her son um sally jackson I mean, she embodies what Lily Potter stood for, too. Like, in Mm -hmm. this, like, Sally will do anything to make sure Percy's okay. And we'll see later in the series that that continues. So, unless you have anything to add on Sally. Uh, no, not really. Okay. And then we'll go ahead. Let's go ahead and hop to Luke, then. And that was very brief for Sally, but it's fine. fine. Um, Um, There's not as much, I think, that we can talk about Luke that we haven't already mentioned. But I think that we, we should still dive into... Boy is sus. Also, yeah. boy is 17 years old. Boy is 17. And and I, I understand. Okay, so we learn, of course, that Annabeth has a little teensy little crush on Luke, which is understandable. This is, you know, this is the older cool kid who has always been in her corner. It is understandable that, that Annabeth has this, like, uh, this, like, infatuation with Luke. Luke plays that to his advantage. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. That's yeah. child. That's child predator right there, baby. Yeah. Um, I do not like Luke at all. Um, we get like, like you said earlier, I think there's some tasteful foreshadowing at Luke's malice. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact he's a kid of Hermes, but he doesn't thieve. That the, the mythology plays in a little bit oh, there. Yeah. But Luke is sus. He moral really of the story. He, he, he thieved once. He thefted once. He he he, he stole he, once. He did the big theft. I was gonna say yeah, that's true. He stole the uh, he stole toiletries. Uh, oh, that's thing. what I was going with. Uh, and then he stole. Then he stole yeah, the lightning. He stole bolt. Yes. his lightning bolt. Also, Hades' hound. Yes. Um, mm, snatchy, snatchy. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Luke is Luke is a character that is so fed up with how the gods are sort of treating everybody that he is willing to do 
some pretty horrible things, really, uh, mm-hmm. to sort of like get this sort of motive along. And it's, I don't want to say that it's uh, like I feel for the guy because I don't. You're being a pretty rough dude. But he is a, a bit more of a sympathetic villain than Snape was, I think. At the very right. least, com- comparing those two, he his feels a little bit more realistic. Not well, understandable, this is so but realistic. Also, this is also the child. Yeah, he's he's 17. And at the time that like everything was kind of going going wrong for him, he was like, what, a 12? 15 at the most. When and We will learn a little bit more of that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's, a, like, he's a kid. Um, and I think, and we see a little bit of that. We see that a little bit of his doubt is ling- lingers in both Percy and Annabeth. Obviously, when when Medusa re- repeats the line, you know, "Don't be a pawn to the gods, Percy." Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's rearcing kind of what Luke ends up villain splaining at the end. Yeah. Um, Lu- Luke is an easily sympathetic. Like you can sympathize with Luke. Why Luke is a villain? Yes. I don't know, an excuse is gross behavior, which get, only gets worse as the series continues. Yeah, gross. But, um, but I can sympathize with his cause. He feels like he is, his whole life has just been to please the gods, yeah. to please. And first off, normal teenage rebellion, uh, but you're just rebelling against your immortal <laughs> parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And so our last character is Chiron, which was yes. your, your pick of character. Yeah, so. I'm not sure he's the deepest character we've ever done, but mm-hmm. I, I I do I do like him, and I think it'd be remiss to not talk about him. At least we already touched on him a little bit in the sort of education mini-segment we have. Right. But he is uh, he, he is a like a good teacher, both like for like Latin when he is uh, disguised as a human and when he is sort of preparing everybody, uh, all the half-bloods for what is to come. Um I think that he is. She shows some genuine empathy and compassion when it comes to just uh, like Percy and everyone in general. He is trying to give him uh, the best sort of the, the the best chance of survival that he can get, uh, and I and I really like that. Well, and we see that that stands up in mythology too. Um, Chiron is always portrayed as the as the protector. His only goal is to try to teach them as much as he can, as quick as he can, to ensure that they are going to stay alive. Because mm-hmm. we see that this is a common theme at Camp Half-Blood, is they just get the tools they need to stay alive. Oh, it's like, uh-oh. They, they Let's get... send this 12-year-old on a yeah. big old quest across the country. It's kind of like one of those pamphlets you see at the doctor, and it's like, so you found out you're a demigod. Which like... is, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> one of my favorite lines of this entire series is, you gotta, you gotta give Rick Riordan cre- credit where it lies. The first sentence of this book: "Look, I didn't want to be a half blood." He sets up immediately uh-huh. what he needs Whoa. to be known, and What's you're like, "Half blood." You're like, "Oh, okay," and it's just like, "Don't say I didn't warn you." Mm-hmm. I, I, I love it. <laughs> um, so I guess we will go with MVP and LVP next. Did I use? I used the right acronym. You did. Wow! Hey, you did it. Um, I'm learning. You go first. <laughs> Me go first. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> as I prompted you, I did not think about this at all. Um, LVP. I am going to go with Aries. Okay. LVP? All right. That's fair. Um, Aries, LVP. Mainly because you're an immortal god of war, and this 12-year-old beat the snot out of you. <laughs> not a good look, pal. Yeah. Um, also, Aries just a douchebag. Um, I feel like I'm going to get, like, striked down. I'm not even pagan, but I feel like I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> they're coming for me. But Ares is just a douchebag. His entire persona is a, being an absolute douchebag yeah. to these children. Yeah, um, his power is 
his like big power that he's using other than melting his sunglasses is like mind control and there's very few mm-hmm. uh, people that are good that use right, that right, power right. in, in and, fantasy and the fact that he was easily manipulated by another child yeah. to 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 house the bolt of his father is just I'm mm, this is an Aries hate account <laughs> it's also a Luke hate account but that's yeah. different LVP uh, uh, okay so my LVP is um my LVP is gonna have to be Mr. D Dionysus reasonable reasonable um, he is kind of just there like he is he is a god he is a an actual god he's not like a old demigod he is an actual god who's just like i'm just gonna kind of sit here and uh do nothing and, and even drink with, my diet yeah coke. drink my diet coke which definitely as soon as i'm out of sight of chiron i am turning to liquor so he can't uh, can he, well, that's he, that's his whole reason he's at camp is he can't he cannot consume any sort of alcohol that oh. is his curse from Zeus. I, okay. I don't remember if that was explained in this book I was gonna or not. Say, he, turned, he turned his cup into wine at one point, and they said, uh-uh-uh, and he said, fine, and he turned it back to Diet Coke. And um, the movie actually does a really nice portrayal. It's not the first movie, but the second movie, the, the Sea of Monsters movie. The movies are bad. We'll, we'll hop into that later when we talk about adaptation in a couple, mm-hmm. couple episodes. But... Um, it's Stan- first off, he's played by Stanley Tucci, which is just perfect, oh. right? Okay. Stanley Tucci, amazing. Yeah, okay, I'll give that uh, cast. Re- one redeeming quality of Mr. D is that he is portrayed by. Um, but it's the scene he is pouring a bottle of wine into a, to his glass, and it's immediately turning to water, and he just you just see him get mad. And just, <sighs> fine. But yeah, Mr. D's crap. Also, <laughs> he can't call the kids by their right name. Yeah. Hi, Peter Johnson. You're like, bruh, I'm the it's only kid in this cabin. Hard. Yeah. Um, There's also not that many demigods at camp. There's like maybe a hundred. I understand it's hard to learn names. but Yeah, come on. But like, uh, come at on. Least, at least try. At least you got a spreadsheet. Okay, these say, kids are in this the cabin. The one that is the, like, the first kid of the big three in five years. And before in that, a bunch of years, ages. yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, he's probably my LVP just because he does so little. <laughs> Literally, just does nothing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, MVP for me. Mm, I'm gonna say Annabeth. Yeah. <laughs> was that gonna be yours? No, but oh, I, okay. I knew oh, yeah. that was gonna yeah, be yeah, yours. No, she's my emotional support character. <laughs> um, I love Annabeth in this because we just see that she is so afraid of being wrong. She she has always been told she is the smart kid. She is the youngest leader of the cabins. She has known nothing but training. And, and just trying her best. She's so afraid of being either left out or feeling not as, as good as everybody else. I just, I feel so, I, I have so much sympathy for her. Also, the amount of times she kind of, like, obviously she makes all the plans. She's the daughter of Athena. She kind of has to. Um, but, like, I love having a, Annabeth suffers a little bit from I'm not like other girls. But at the same time, she does it in a way that she does not put down girls who are mm-hmm. like girls, you know. Yeah. She does it very subtly. Like she's like the tomboy, but like mainly just because it's very it's much easier for her to be a tomboy than not to be. Um she also kind of she's always in Percy's corner even though they have their little little back and forth like Ugh. We can't like each other because my mom's Athena and your dad's Poseidon and they hate each other. So yeah. we have to hate each other. And then Percy's like, that's kind of crap. And Annabeth's like, well, you know what? I always want you. Yeah, if I'm going to go on a quest, I want you by my side. And it's just very, mm-hmm. I just, I love Annabeth. So Hot, biased opinion, but that's <laughs> fine. And your MVP. 
Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with Grover. I'm not sure if that's oh, expected. okay. Because yeah. you you had said earlier that you're like ah Grover Grover's okay. there. I like Grover. Okay. I think that I he does not have much development. He's pretty flat as a character mm-hmm. in this. Um, I do I do in fact like him. He's not my favorite, but he's he's fun. Uh, I I sort of feel with his sort of like kind of I don't know what you want to call it sort of a stress eating like like but it's like tin cans yeah like tin cans and like wax paper um (laughs) a mood yeah and I I really I I enjoy him I think he's funny I he is certainly mainly just comic relief um but I I think that he's he's it's nice I like having him around He, he like brings up the atmosphere a little bit and also him kind of being I don't want to say stubborn but like like kind of weak willed and falling for almost every trap uh, progresses the plot, and it's like, <laughs> no, but I wanted to sh- keep shooting the hunters in the game. It's like, ah, oh, he gets dragged away. He his character is almost certainly just for plot progression, mm-hmm. so he is essential to the plot. But also, I think he's funny, and it doesn't feel forced. He also provides a good a good bounce off for Percy. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, choosing Grover to be his friend shows a lot in Percy's character as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's this very this very. Obviously, older than everybody else character, even in it, Percy even mentions it at the beginning. He's like, yeah, he must have been held back a while because he's got a little bit of a beard and he's only mm-hmm. in sixth grade. Um, but Percy chose the, the kid with crutches, the kid who's very backward, who doesn't stand up for himself. Oh, did he have crutches? In in the I thought, beginning, okay. yeah. I wasn't sure if he was just like, I, I, they didn't quite describe that. I thought he just kind of And that might be weird. a little bit of the movie perception Maybe. wearing off too because in the movie they have him on crushes that makes sense the movie perception of grover is very different though but we have this very backward very shy kid who's just afraid of everything mm. and that's who percy's like this is my best friend he is stuck with me he, i love my best friend I, I like him like i said he doesn't have too much so he's not the richest character mm-hmm. but like sometimes you don't want like a steak sometimes you want a microwaved white castle hamburger and like it's, oh it'll my God. It hits, listen <laughs> You're talking from experience. Listen, you can't. Not every meal can be a five star meal. Sometimes you have to enjoy the simple things, the things that are just one note in taste. And you know what, Grover, your microwave pizza roll. Love that note. Listen, he's Totino's. He's he's a microwave pizza rolls at four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to keep going through the series. I just I love this series. My emotional support series. Having a good time so far. Who's uh, your favorite character thus far? I'm gonna say Annabeth. Oh, okay. I think Annabeth. I she's 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 the deepest. She has some cool stuff. She's also I don't know why I like the hat so much. It's just <laughs> it's just a different version of the invisibility cloak, but I, I think cooler. it's fun. Yeah. Um I oh my gosh. Um I seen this thing a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago, a while back. It was like one of those things that was like, you know, in Percy Jackson, the universe. In the Percy Jackson universe, you have three main, ca- you have three favorite characters. But as the series progresses, you just choose different, like different characters that fit into <laughs> that. You don't give a crap about the rest of the characters, but you have three that you care about, and one of them is always Percy. <laughs> Which, and that is a thing too, really random. And I know we already tried to sa- sign off. But I'm gonna hop back on this. Percy is such a good narrator. He is one of the only like main characters of a story that is my favorite main character. He's, he, he's such he's a good honestly, character. Honestly, I, I kind of touched on this before, so maybe we can like add it there, but. Mm. Uh, there is a huge difference between uh, Percy and Harry and any other main character is like it is not like they needed someone to get through the plot and you are the chosen one. He still is sort of ha- has that like chosen one aesthetic to him, but he is he has character. He's so he's reluctant like, about it. He's like, I don't want to be the 
chosen one. He's reluctant. Like, Harry has some of that, too. Right. But mainly, like, Harry's ways of dealing with it are sort of be angsty and take it out on people. And so far, that's not what he's doing. Percy's he's just like, like, I just believe in my, I just believe in my friends. Yeah. And, and I think it's great. But anyhow, with that final yes. note, uh, goodbye. <laughs> oh, you should hold on. Wait. Oh, go. Uh, with that note, we're going to sign off. The next book that we're going to read is Percy Jackson's oh, yeah. Sea of Monsters. Monsters. Oh, yes. We're going to be talking Sea of Monsters, which, of course, is the second book of the series. Um, I Sea of Monsters is probably my least favorite book. There's a oh, trend. Okay. I hate the second book of most series. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, I think with the exception of, like, the Hunger Games series. But um, yeah, Sea of Monsters isn't bad, but it's just not great. So, mm-hmm. Anyhow, yeah. but with that, bye, guys. See you. You've been listening to The Classroom, a U92 production. Feel free to tune into our parent station, 91.7 FM of Morgantown, West Virginia. There's going to be a new episode of The Classroom live on U92 every Friday at 11 a.m. If you're out of our terrestrial reach, feel free to stream U92 at u92themoose.com. Easy enough, right? On our homepage, not only will you be able to stream new alternative music, you also can listen to our podcast and many other great ones produced by our friends here. Thank you guys so much for listening, and catch you all later.